Life. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Rafael Chaidez, the host of the Full Heel Podcast. Thanks a lot for joining me. This is going to be episode 57, and I'm going to get right into it. It's going to be the Full Heel Podcast review of the Strong Style Evolved. And uh, Strong Style Evolved for uh, my f- for most of the people listening to the Full Heel Podcast, I guess, wouldn't know... Maybe, yeah. Just because I don't watch enough of New Japan myself. But this is a New Japan pro wrestling event held in California. I believe it was Southern California. I could actually bring up the actual location. Yeah, I was in Long Beach, California at the Walter Pyramid. By the looks of it, it was a packed out show. I'm not exactly sure the... The capacity of the arena that they were in, but it looked like a huge arena, and it was pretty packed. Um, it was four thousand three hundred seventy-two in attendance. Um, it was a pretty, not a pretty good paper. It was it was a good uh, pay per view. It wasn't a pay per view actually. It was on Access TV for those people that don't have access. It's uh, if you get Sling, the application Sling. That's one of the channels offered on there. That's how I'm able to now catch up on New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mainly watch WWE. And uh, over the past two years, New Japan has been has been catching my attention and diverting some of my attention or making me focus some of my time to watch them more and more. So I am going to talk about Again, the Strong Style Evolve pay-per-view. I'll get into a little bit of Raw, a little bit of SmackDown, some NXT. And then um, WrestleMania. But during the Raw and SmackDown talk, I'm probably going to get into some WrestleMania storylines anyway. Because that's what the main focus is on right now. Is the whole road to WrestleMania. And I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty excited for this WrestleMania. Uh, some of the matches are coming together really nice. <clears throat> so, we'll see. We'll see. <clears throat> so, let's see. I'm not exactly sure if Strong Style Evolved is a established event that they have every year. Uh... It, very very tag team heavy maybe it's because I'm focusing more on New Japan and I haven't noticed it before but no I've seen a couple of events and they have a lot of singles matches they have tag matches as well but they had a lot of tag team matches on this event I don't know maybe it's just something I noticed for this event we'll see next time they are coming back to um 
fuck, I don't even know exactly where. I think another event in California. I think they're going to put together another pay-per-view or event. Sorry, another card. But this card pretty much focused in on the bullet the Bullet Club's problems, their internal problems that they're facing right now within the club. So if you guys haven't been watching, uh, long story short, Kenny Omega's been the leader of the Bullet Club for a while. And the other members of the Bullet Club kind of just faded into the background and there was nothing really about them that we heard too much. You know, they had their matches here and there. And that's me looking on from the outside, but from my knowledge, that that's that's what had been going on. It was uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, kind of coming, coming into their own and kind of taking the spotlight. The Young Bucks being the best tag team outside of the WWE, and Kenny Omega being the best wrestler outside of the WWE, and possibly. Even he would be the best wrestler in WWE. No, no question about it. I'd like to see a match between him and AJ. There possibly is one already that I can look up and check out that I probably have to do. But um, okay, so they're the ones that have been focused on, and then on the other end we had uh, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes being the son of. Dusty Rhodes, brother of Goldust, he he was he was in the WWE as Cody Rhodes, and um, he never really got a crazy push. He was Intercontinental Champion. He had a feud with Sandow where him and Sand where Sandow cost him the Money in the Bank. Not really cost him, but decided to take it for himself. Won it and then eventually lost it. Didn't get to cash in the money in the bank. But that was Sandow's uh, experience with the money in the bank. But, uh, <clears throat> so they, after that gimmick, not really going anywhere popular with the crowd, they give him a, a gimmick of Stardust. And he takes it, you know, does what he can with it, makes it popular as much as he can. But, it wasn't getting over as far as what the WWE wanted. It it had some paths. It could have gone down that would have made sense. That could have gotten some popularity. But to the extent of being a top guy, it would have never happened with that gimmick of Stardust. But he takes off from WWE. Joins Ring of Honor. Becomes their champion. Joins the Bullet Club. Eventually brings his valet, which is his beautiful wife, and uh, starts developing a character of a cocky, I'm better than everybody persona, and it really, he's making it work very well. The crowd hates him. He's he's pulling a lot of hate from the crowd. He's playing the typical uh, '80s '90s heel. 80s going into 90s heel where he's pulling off good matches with the best heel set or the best move set of a heel that, that a heel could have 
while still making the crowd hate him. And I, he was a fan favorite. And I think he is. I think New Japan's playing it very, very well. And the fact that the way to get heat on Cody Rhodes and make the crowd actually want to hate him, but want to like him, but they have to hate him. Like, they didn't want him to be a tweener. They wanted him to, well, I don't know if this is what they wanted. I'm guessing they wanted him to be a heel, full-out heel. And they didn't want him to be a tweener. And um, they're kind of making him split up the Bullet Club. They're making him coming, putting a, putting a void in the Bullet Club. Kenny Omega was clearly the leader. Him and the Young Bucks had declared themselves the elite of the Bullet Club where the other guys were kind of in the background as the OG Bullet Club, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, uh, Machine Gun Anderson, and uh, fuck, I forget his name. They're, they all, they're all in WWE right now. And I see them more all the time. I don't know how I forgot his name. He played a, he played a dumb guy. Fuck, man. Whatever. It's gonna bug me. It'll come to me. But uh, yeah, they're the those guys in there are part of the OG Bullet Club is in WWE, but the rest of the OG Bullet Club kind of fell behind. Kenny Omega rose to the top, became the leader of the Bullet Club, has taken it over. Had a fantastic match with uh, Y2J that I broke down not too long ago. I think after it might have been right after that match. No, it wasn't right after that match. At the next pay per view, Kenny Omega lost his United States Championship to Switchblade Jay White, I believe his name is. He lost uh, his title to him, the United States, the New Japan Heavyweight, the New Japan United States Heavyweight Championship. He lost it, and then. Uh, Cody Rhodes hit his uh, crossroads on him to end that pay-per-view, further putting the void, which had kind of started brewing within the group, further put the void into the group and kind of had some questions where they kind of tried to seal it up and patch up whatever what everyone had seen as the cracks within, within the faction. So Bullet Club's breaking up. They start releasing videos of them talking in the locker room, how the Bullet Club's fine. But you can clearly see there's animosity between Kenny Omega and between uh, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes trying to take over because he's the bigger star. He has the bigger name. He has the bigger ego. He wants to take over the Bullet Club. He declares himself the, the Bullet Club leader because... There has been some recruits under under his watch, I would say, I guess, under the time that he's been there. The villain Marty Skrull has kind of got his back. Um, Hangman Page has kind of got his back. During the first initial rifts of the Bullet Club, they they had the they had the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega kind of 
be at odds ends because he pushed one of them. So that kind of leaves Omega by himself. And New Japan's doing a very, very good job at telling a story in the in a way that WWE would have just messed up. They, somehow they would have ruined this. To me, at first when I saw this this division, this breaking up of the Bullet Club, I kind of was like, "Oh man, here we go, some kind of bullshit storyline where they're gonna break up the club." Or the Bullet Club, sorry, the bull, the Bullet Club, and um, they're gonna do it in a manner that's not gonna make sense and it's gonna suck. But that's me thinking in WWE thoughts that WWE has management, that WWE has control over this product, which they don't. They let these guys take over, not take over, but they let these guys dictate a lot of the match and how it's gonna go, as long as it makes sense and as long as they think it's gonna make money. Kenny Omega and Y2J were able to dictate a lot of their match. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega are dictating a lot of this feud and where it's going at this time. And um, so ultimately, it. This feud is is leading is leading to this pay per view. So we have Cody Rhodes at the crossroad, and then we have them saying that the Bullet Club is fine, and we have Cody Rhodes talking to the old Bullet Club members of the OG Bullet Club members and Tamatanga, Tangaloa, um, Bad Luck, fuck Bad Luck Folly, I think is his name. One of the original guys that started it with Finn Balor. And um, a lot of the other members that I don't know that I need to start studying on. Like I've mentioned on here before that I'm I'm myself getting into New Japan. And I think you guys, whoever's not getting into New Japan that just watches WWE like I kind of just do. Um, they should start getting into New Japan if they really like just wrestling. Just pure wrestling. They'll, they'll get sold on that aspect. But New Japan is kind of telling good stories. They, they have a good storyline. Well, just the ones I've been focusing on, to be honest. The ones that I've been focusing on are really good. So check them out and check out this pay-per-view, which was, again, Strong Style Evolved. And if you guys don't want spoilers, I'm about to get into some spoilers. Right now, I'm about to break down the card a little bit. I'd probably give this card... <clears throat> In the terms of it being a highly tag team heavy match, or card, sorry, like a lot of tag team matches, out of the nine matches, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... Seven of them were tag team matches and only two of them were singles matches. I don't think WWE would have been able to put on... No, I know for a fact they wouldn't have been able to put on a... A card like this. It being so tag team heavy. Just by the fact that 
they wouldn't know how to put it together, not talent-wise, but they wouldn't know how to structure it and put together a storyline where it would all make sense like this. I don't I don't think they have the factions and the members of it just to for it to fall in place like this. Like I said, it's a big Bullet Club heavy card, Bullet Club on Bullet Club. The first match wasn't a Bullet Club on Bullet Club match, but we had a six-man tag team match. We had uh, Rapungi 3K versus SoCal Uncensored, which is Christopher Daniels from Ring of Honor, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. I do not know those other two. I've seen Christopher Daniels. I believe he was Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion at one point. I think Cody Rhodes beat him for it, or he beat Cody Rhodes back for it. He wasn't champion there. He didn't have any championship whatsoever, so that's it. But uh, Rapungi 3K is Rocky Romero and Sho and, and Yo. They defeat SoCal Uncensored in their state, in their home state of California. 11-minute uh, match. Not too long of a match on New Japan standards. I guess maybe only their main event and co-main event are really long matches. Uh, let's see. What can I say about this match? Very, very, very technical wrestling. I don't know too much about it. And like, I don't, I don't know if there was a storyline leading into this, into this match. But like, technical wise, Rapunky 3K was way better than SoCal Uncensored. But Rapunky 3K, I think, Show and, and Yo were. An established tag team in New Japan. I think they even defeated the Young Bucks for their junior tag team championships. But I'm not, don't don't quote me on that. Like I said, I'm not I'm not too caught up on my New Japan. His I I should get the network. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get the New Japan World Network, the ten dollars a month. And but I have Access TV, but it comes out late. But I think if I get the the other one, I could actually see old pay-per-views and stuff like that on the New Japan World. Let's see. But yeah, that was my first time seeing Rapungi 3K. There was a notable botch I did notice by Kazarian. He tried to go off the ropes and like he kind of missed the rope, slipped on him, caught himself, and then kind of tried to recover. He kind of faked a knee injury. He kind of came back really quick. Didn't really sell it afterwards, so you and it was a really noticeable botch. I think he was just trying to play it off that he got hurt. But great German suplexes by Show. Uh, the three peat suplex, the suplex city that Brock Lesnar likes doing. This guy was doing them very, very well. Something that the Japanese like doing a lot. Not a lot, but when we see him come over, I forget his name. The guy that's in Two Hundred Five Live. You guys know what I'm talking about, which I which reminds me I need to catch up. Yesterday I tried to I tried to watch an episode of Two Hundred Five Live, but the network for me was down. I don't know about for you guys, for me it was down. I did just watch NXT though. We'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, Rapungi Three K takes out SoCal Uncensored. 
And then we had Takuchi Japan, which is Juice Robinson and David Finley, the son of Fit Finley. They take on Chaos, which is Haruki, Goto, and Guido. I don't know too much about these guys. I've seen a couple of Juice Robinson's uh, fights. He's the guy with dreads. He's a very... I don't know if his, it's his style it's developing more, but he's becoming very flashy, or he is very flashy and flamboyant. Big sunglasses. Very feathered up. And very rainbowed out. Nothing wrong with that, but that seems to be his look. Uh, let's see, what else did I... Yeah, no, it was just a great tag team match. Nothing too flashy about it. Nothing too crazy. They they know how to really build up the matches to where they give you good matches to keep you intrigued, but they don't give you everything. That way you don't see everything, and you're like, oh, I already saw that. This match isn't that good. They build you up, build you up, build you up, to, and give you more every match, every match, to where it keeps you more and more intrigued. You'll see a lot of the matches build up somewhat the same, and you'll kind of see a lot of the match structure somewhat the same, but this is how they... They have their matches. WWE has a different style, but they too have a similar, or not a similar, but they too have a structure to their matches, which New Japan is a different one. I'm just saying that this match structure, you'll see it a lot, uh, a lot of similarities throughout the New Japan's cards. <clears throat> and that's not talking shit about them. That's just stating that they like building matches and giving you a little bit more down the card to keep you intrigued and to make it worth sticking around. Juice Robinson and Dave Finley defeat Chaos. Eight minute match. And then we had the Killer Elite Squad, Lance Archer and Davey Boy Smith Jr. Taking on Chaos, I'm guessing is part of a faction with Goto and Guido, which is Toro Yano and Chucky e. T. I do not know anything about these guys. Like I said, I'm going to get more into New Japan. Killer Elite Squad defeat Chaos. And then we had the Bullet Club. Cody Rhodes and Marty Skrull. Versus the Gorillas of Destiny. Tamatanga versus Tangaloa. This is the... This is the Bullet Club on Bullet Club match I was talking about. So we have the new... Bullet Club guys that are together, which would be Cody Rhodes and Marty Skrull. And then we have the OGs in Tamatanga and Tangaloa. And um, Cody Rhodes comes out stating that there is no problem between the Bullet Club, that there's nothing wrong with the Bullet Club. Everything's fine with the Bullet Club. The only thing wrong with this is the matchmaking of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he tries to call off the match. But... Tamatanga's not having it. And for those of you for those of you guys who don't know who Tamatanga is, Tamatanga is, I believe, a cousin of Roman Reigns. Almost looks exactly like him, just curlier hair. More Samoan looking. <sighs> Probably a better wrestler, just in terms that he's able to, I would say express himself more in New Japan because of the match structure they have and the moves allowed there and the types of opponents they have. Just in those aspects, I would say Tamatanga is the better version of Roman Reigns. Like I said, he looks exactly like him. They're cousins, just curlier hair and more Samoan looking. 
they dress the same too, all blacked out, kind of military esque. Tamatanga kind of paints his face though white. All it's it's pretty fucking sick. It's got like spikes leaning down his face, kind of like a I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Pretty fucking sick though. Pretty sick uh, face paint. I wish he was wearing it here, but he wasn't. Kicks the shit out of Cody. Tosses him out and then scroll. Playingly kind of tries to get on their good side and tries to too sweet it with them. And then they beat the shit out of him. So he goes to Cody and the match begins after that. It's, um, it's a really good match. Scroll and Cody playing the heel. And Tamatanga and Tangaloa having I well having the very match or crowd friendly match. They have very they're just having their match. They have very explosive moves, very uh agile. Not a lot of high flying stuff, but Tamatanga likes to add a lot of emphasis to his moves. And a lot of pop to his moves. So like when he's landing just simple elbows. Like running off the ropes. He'll put a lot of emphasis. And he sells the moves very well. Along with his primal yells. He yells. Mm, <clears throat> he knows how to use them. In terms of Roman Reigns. Generically does it. Right before he does his. His fist. Thing that where he cocks his fist. He does it right before he does. Hoo or whatever he does. And it's very predictable. And he does it every single time all the same. Tamatanga uses more of those primal yells. In his selling of moves. While he's performing the moves. While he's dropping the elbow. While he's performing them. In the process of doing them. Not pre-move and then do the move. I don't know. That's just something I pick up from Tamatanga. That I differentiate from. Roman Reigns that, you know, selling-wise would make me lean towards Tamatanga in terms of wrestling talent. So, we have we have Skrull and Cody getting beat in the beginning half of the match, and then they take over using their... Shady Tactics standing on Tamatanga's hair, coming from behind and double teaming them from behind. There wasn't a lot of double ta- double team action. The Gorillas of Destiny, they are a tag team, but Cody Rhodes and Skrull are kind of just thrown together because they're the new Bullet Club members and they were doing Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. Cody and Skrull win. And... We'll see where this goes. The OG Bullet Club got beat by the new guys of the Bullet Club. So this is going to further advance this storyline they have of Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega. Later on, it gets advanced even more a little bit. But this is going to give a little bit of bragging rights to Cody Rhodes. Further playing up his ego. Further playing up his persona. And giving him stuff to brag about. So he can be braggadocious and, you know, 
further get heat and further void within the Bullet Club. They're, I'm telling you, they're playing the story very perfect by making Cody come in, play the heel. What better way than actually make him be a heel heel than v- putting a void in everyone's favorite club, the Bullet Club. Everyone's favorite faction, the Bullet Club. Which he wasn't even a founding person. Like, he wasn't even one of the OGs. He's just going to come in and kind of... He's already pushed out Kenny Omega into the golden... To the Golden Lovers. He's already pushed them back with Kota Ibushi. And then at the end of this. We'll see what it, what happens too. But. Uh, we had some matches in between that. I I did see this. I watched this paper twice. But. We had Los Ingobernables de Japón. Tetsuya Nieto. Sanada, Bushi, and he, her, Hiroma Takahashi, they take on Taguchi, Taguchi, and then uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kushida, and Raisuki Taguchi, and Dragon Lee. I hope I hope I'm not confusing anybody because I just confused myself. But <clears throat> Los Ingobernables is a tag team or a faction that I'm going to get more into. They defeat they defeat Taguchi Japan. It was an eight-man tag team match. I'm going to get more into those factions, more into Los Ingobernables for sure. And then we had Will, uh, Will Ospreay versus Justin... Justin... Versus Thunder Liger. Jushin, Jushin Thunder Liger. Sorry, Justin. I'm fucking dumb. Shit. I'm retarded. Uh, <coughs> yeah. But uh, Rey Mysterio was supposed to face Thunder Liger. But I think he... He came out and he said that he fucked up his tricep. I forget which one. I think he said his left, left bicep or something like that. He had to get surgery on it or something or he's healing from it. But he couldn't face uh, Liger, which was like a match that they had had 20 years ago. And it was going to be a rematch. So that kind of sucks. But. But. Will, uh, Will Ospreay. Puts on a great match against Thunder Liger. Defeats Thunder Liger. Will Osprey being the junior intercontinental champion. He defeats uh, Thunder Liger, the legend. And then... Rey Mysterio comes out after Will is praising Liger. Rey comes out. Osprey... Challenges Rey Mysterio to make the title more prestigious. He wants to beat Legends to further his legacy. And Skrull attacks Osprey. Takes off Rey Mysterio's mask and takes off. We don't get to see Rey Mysterio's face. Even though we already have. He's already he's like he's super concerned about covering Hey Rey. We seen your face, bro. 
All right, Nash and Hall took that mask already versus you and Conan. WCW, 1997, I believe, 1998. I forget what year exactly. But they took the mask off of Ray. I believe it was probably 97. But there's probably going to be a four-way title match for that junior intercontinental championship between Osprey, Rey Mysterio, Marty Skrull, and Thunder Liger. Scrolls a badass heel. I saw a couple of uh, Bullet Club shirts this weekend. I'm probably going to drive out this weekend and buy it. The Alpha Club. Maybe a Bullet Club shirt. I I might buy a Scroll shirt too. I need, I need to start getting on these shirts. But I've been recently getting on these uh, figures. been buying a lot of Marvel figures. Marvel Legend figures. Check out my review. I dropped the review on them. But, uh. Yeah, that was a badass match. And I'm excited to to check out that uh, three-way or four-way match that they're going to do for that title. And I'm excited to check out more New Japan. And then we had uh, Suzuki Gun, which is Minoru Suzuki. And Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kazukiya Okada. And. Did I skip anybody? No. And Tomohiro Ishii. So we have Okada is the New Japan World Heavyweight Champion. He wasn't even in the singles match defending his title. He was in a tag match. That's why I was wondering if this was like a heavy. A heavy tag team pay-per-view. If it was like established as that already. And it was just something like that. I don't know. Like I said, I'm barely getting into New Japan. But Zack Sabre Jr., if you guys don't know who he is, he was in the Cruiserweight Classic. He did very well. I'm not exactly sure how far he advanced. But I remember seeing him in a couple matches in that. I think he... uh, No. He might have not. He might have not been on 205 Live. But... He's a submission-heavy wrestler, and he's uh, very good, very good wrestler. Plays the heel very well. Sorry about that. All right, plays the heel very well. And I think he's going to be the next opponent for Kazukiya Okada for that heavyweight championship. But we'll see. Let's see what's up with that. And uh, in the eighth match of the night, we had uh, Jay White versus Hangman Page. Mm, This was not a Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. Hangman Page is from the Bullet Club. Jay White is not... Jay White defeated Kenny Omega last last time I saw it for the United States Heavyweight Championship. And that's when Cody Rhodes hit him with the crossroads. That's when Cody Ibushi came out and saved them and they formed the Golden Lovers again. 
Yep. But um, Jay White's defense, I think this is his first defense versus Hangman Page. He was the one hanging out, out there. Cody Rhodes was telling Omega to take off because it wasn't his uh, limelight anymore. It was time for Hangman Page to fight for the title. And um, these guys put on a really good match. Let's see. Let's see what I took down. Uh, Jay White, submission guy. Not really. He, he, I don't know why I said that because I wrote that down. He was he was using a lot of suplexes on on Hangman Page, even on the apron. He did a German suplex that was looked like it was super dangerous, but Hangman Page. Came out like a fucking cat. Nimble like a fucking cat. So Switchblade Page went for a German suplex on the apron. And he kind of overshot it to the right. And Hangman Page fell off. Still continuing to go down and kind of just landed on his feet. Instead of landing on his neck, which I thought was going to happen. So he survived that, which is really, really dangerous. Uh, I like Jay White. He was pretty good. I've never really seen him. I did see him against uh, Omega. He was very versatile. Likes using slams a lot. Did put Hangman Page in a couple submissions that aren't really used in WWE too much. Um, Hangman Page had some good had some good moves too that I hadn't really seen. And I'm going to continue to check him out. I think he's still in the Bullet Club. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's all I put down. He had good coordination. He's like a fucking cat after landing on his feet. Oh, yeah, he had an incredible shooting star press from the apron onto Jay White. Kind of uh, shoulder, tackle, shoulder tackled him after... Hitting the, sh- uh, the shooting star press. It's pretty cool. But, uh. Badass match these guys put on. But Jay White. Switchblade Jay White. Retains his United States Heavyweight Championship. And then gets speared at the end of the match. After he's celebrating by Dave Finley. Again, Fit Finley's son. Crowd didn't seem too happy. I don't know if they weren't happy about the match that was going to be made or just the fact that he speared. Or just the fact that he speared Jay White. That or I don't know if they don't want that match or if it, they're just like, fuck. They just they like Jay White more because he's the face in that in that matchup. Again, a good pay-per-view. I don't watch a lot of New Japan pay-per-views. I've only been seeing the Wrestle Kingdoms as of late. But this Strong Style Evolved was a really good one. I would definitely check it out. If you guys have access, I'm pretty sure they're going to air it on there again. If not, get Sling and Access is on there and you'll be able to watch it. But um, that's the end of 
the New Japan card. I'll move on. I'll get into a little bit of the WWE card. Let's see if I can bring up some of the results from this past week. On Raw. I did watch it. I just don't remember a lot of it. Been watching a lot of wrestling. I watched this event twice. Oh, yeah. I don't know if... Was this the week that Roman Reigns confronted Brock Lesnar and he got handcuffed? No, no, no. He came out. This is the second week. This is the second week after. Okay, so two weeks ago, Roman Reigns came out, confronted... Or tried to confront Brock Lesnar. Kurt Angle said Brock Lesnar wasn't there. Told Roman Reigns to get out because he had been suspended three weeks ago by Vince McMahon by demanding to talk with him in his office. So he got suspended. Came out the next week, demanded Brock Lesnar, got arrested. Brock Lesnar came out and beat the shit out of him while he was handcuffed because Roman Reigns decided not to just stay at home or whatever and serve his suspension. He decided to come. Brock Lesnar beats the shit out of him, suplexes him, comes back, beats him up again. Comes back when he's on the stretcher, beats the fuck out of him. Literally just beats the shit out of him. Over and over again. And um, this week we had it where Roman Reigns comes out super beat up and confronts Brock Lesnar. And uh, I'm not too excited about that match at WrestleMania. But that's probably going to headline it. I think Nakamura and AJ Styles should headline it, but whatever. Then we had uh, Nia Jax versus Mickey James because Mickey James and Alexa Bliss were talking shit about Nia Jax. Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax are friends that have been kind of feuding, kind of on and off. And then finally they caught Alexa Bliss talking shit about Nia Jax in the backstage. To set up this match at WrestleMania between two friends. So they started this feud. It makes sense. And I, I, could see, I could see Nia Jax beating Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania. And getting her WrestleMania moment. Just because Alexa Bliss has been champion for a while. She's been able to be champion. And I know her and, and Nia Jax are real friends in real life. But uh, Nia Jax defeats Mickey James. Mickey James being Alexa Bliss's friend. So oh, I I, I kind of want to see that matchup. The storyline kind of it's kind of a little bit interesting, just because they're friends. It hasn't really it, it seems kind of forced, but they had been kind of hinting at it for months, and they, it kind of died out, and then. Alexa Bliss hasn't really been doing anything because of the Royal Rumble, because of the Elimination Chamber. So she kind of really didn't have any opponents. They kind of were just throwing people she could be instead of Nia Jax, who should have had the title shot. Which now it's WrestleMania, which now it makes sense that they will give her the title at WrestleMania. So we could see a title change, guys. And then... um, We had uh, Cedric Alexander 
and Mustafa Ali versus Drew Gulak and TJP. I've I'm not gonna lie, I haven't been watching a lot of two hundred five live. I need to get, I need to catch up on that. Just because uh, this guy has taken over and has been making it better, the Rockstar Spud from TNA. I I forget what I think it's Drew Maverick or something like that here, whatever his name is here. But I haven't been catching a lot of it. I hear it's been getting a lot better, but we'll see. I try. I try to watch yesterday. I couldn't watch it. The network was down for me. Maybe it was just my computer. And then we had Miz TV. Ultimately, it was a good segment. It was just kind of clunked together and fell. For me, it fell apart towards the end. It made sense. You have them trying to put a void within the within the the Miz Taraj, but ultimately it doesn't work. And the Miz Taraj attacks. Finn and Seth Rollins, which we're going to see a match at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. The Miz versus Seth versus Finn. And that, that one's kind of interesting because we have we have different ways they can go. They can keep it on The Miz, let him break the streak as the longest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Or we could have it go the other way where... Uh, Seth Rollins wins and becomes Intercontinental Champion, which he already has. He's already Grand Grand Slam Champion, so kind of doesn't do anything. But he's very fan favorite. It kind of gives him something to do for the meantime. But they might have a shakeup, so you never know. He might go to SmackDown. And then you have Finn Balor, super fan favorite, which I, I think most people would expect them to put it on him, so... Again, we might we might see we might see it be kept on the Miz, in my opinion. Then we had Oscar versus some lady named Jamie Frost. Uh, quick match: the lady landed like two punches. Oscar landed a head kick and then pinned there. That was it. Oscar's shooting over to SmackDown to face Charlotte at WrestleMania, which to me makes awesome sense. I want to see that match. Very intriguing match. I'm excited for WrestleMania because of that. Well, that's one of the matches I'm excited for as well. But great match that they put together. And then we had um, Sasha Banks confront Bailey about this feud they've been having. They've been kind of brewing this feud between them where Sasha has betrayed Bailey twice. Once at the Royal Rumble. Second time at Elimination Chamber where Sasha's in it for herself and betrays Bailey. And Bailey's not going to let that happen anymore. And they get into a big-ass feud, a big-ass brawl in the locker room, and they're beating the shit out of each other. I'm excited for that now. They're doing that one well. Uh, Braun Strowman takes on Sheamus. Sheamus wants to know who his tag team partner is. If Sheamus wins, then Braun Strowman has to tell him. But Sheamus gets defeated, so Braun's not going to tell him. Braun Strowman has a chance to win the titles. or He has a cha- he has a, w- a chance at the tag team championship ships if he has a tag team champion for WrestleMania. Or a tag team partner for WrestleMania. I'm hoping they just let him go at it by himself, but we'll see. Absolution confronted Ronda and Kurt Angle, but 
Ronda beat the shit out of Mandy Rose and the rest of Absolution will not uh Not Paige because of her neck or whatever, but she's about to land a arm bar on Mandy Rose, but Kurt talks her out of it, so that's that. Ronda and Kurt have a match versus Stephanie and Triple H at WrestleMania. I'm not too excited about that, but I'm just glad that it's keeping Ronda out of the whole women's division right now, and it gives her something to do. And it gives her a storyline that doesn't interfere with any of the women's thing right now till the women's division gets settled and gets figured out after WrestleMania and after they do this mix-up. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Luke Gallows. It was Gallows now that I read it. And Carl Anderson versus the Miztourage. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson win. They're finally putting over the... The club, even if it's over the Miztourage, they're still getting some wins. Elias defeats Rhino. I really like Elias. I hope they develop him into a good heel. They've been using him right. He was in the Elimination Chamber, so we'll see what happens. I don't think he has a match for WrestleMania, but he will be in the 20-man Andre the Giant Battle Royal. We'll see. And then uh, John Cena takes on Kane in a no-disqualification match because... John Cena has been calling out The Undertaker for the past month. I don't know. John Cena's been trying to get a match at WrestleMania, but it's not happening. Kane last week came out and beat the shit out of Cena. And this week, Cena and him have a match. John Cena defeats Kane, and that's the end of Raw. We have some good matches going into WrestleMania for Raw, but... Let's see. Then we had SmackDown yesterday. Not yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Today's Wednesday. We had SmackDown yesterday, which... Was pretty alright. Nothing too memorable. This one was again just a road to WrestleMania. We kind of already know what we're gonna get. And it's just them developing the story more. So we have uh let's see Jinder Mahal and Rusev versus Randy Orton and Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode lost the United States Heavyweight Championship against Randy Orton at Fastlane. And then we had Jinder Mahal come and attack Randy afterward. And now he wants in and they have a triple threat match. So now they have a tag team match at this Tuesday's SmackDown. And Rusev gets the pin on Randy Orton, which... Gets him thrown into the match at WrestleMania for the United States Championship. Rusev mania for everybody. In Soviet Russia. Yeah, no, but uh, we get Rusev in the United States Championship match. And I, he's a super fan favorite. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we have Rusev with the United States Championship. I've been a Rusev fan. I just don't think he's been used right. 
Now that he's put himself over, they might put the title on him once again. We'll see. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Ruby Riot. Becky Lynch defeats Ruby Riot. Nothing there, really. Daniel Bryan. So, uh, yeah, I haven't talked about it on here. Daniel Bryan's back. Daniel Bryan, for anyone that didn't know, he had a he had concussion issues because of his wrestling style. He was forced to retire super young. And he's been out for about three years. He's been cleared medically by doctors. And he's coming back. And he's a super fan favorite. I love the dude. I have a signed Daniel Bryan figure. Somewhere over there. Right there. He was a really cool guy. I didn't meet him at, at all long. I just He just signed my figure and that was it. But I'm, I'm pretty sure I've told the story in here. If not, I'll tell it some other time. But yeah. He was at a car convention and he 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 signed my toy. He was badass, all right? It's, it's more than that, but yeah. Uh, so he issues the challenge because... So he's been clear to come back. So Shane McMahon and him have been at, odd, at odds ends because of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have been doing whatever they want, kind of wreaking havoc, kind of fucking with uh, Shane McMahon. Last week, Shane McMahon kind of announces his, hey, I'm stepping away from wrestling for a little bit, and they attack him, and they beat the shit out of him, and they They uh they put the chair between in his throat and they fuck up his throat and whatever and they send him to the hospital. Daniel Bryan gets cleared. This week comes back. Or last week comes back and they come and they attack Daniel Bryan and they beat the shit out of him. So this week he comes out and issues the challenge. Him and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And if Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens win, they get their job back. If not, they're fired, fired. So, at least we get to see Daniel Bryan back. That's going to be a good match. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, great wrestlers, great chemistry with people. So, that's going to be an incredible match. And then, uh, let's see. The New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers ends in chaos. We have the Usos come out. And also get involved because it's probably going to be... No, it is going to be a triple threat match for the Tag Team Championships. At WrestleMania, the New Day, the Bludgeon Brothers, and the Usos defending their titles. Um, we could we could see another title change here. The, the Bludgeon Brothers could win their first SmackDown Championships. I don't know how long they've been apart. And I don't know if they were on SmackDown when they were a tag team. But, yeah. Um, then we have Dolph Ziggler versus Tyler Breeze. Dolph Ziggler defeats Tyler Breeze. I don't really know what's happening with Dolph Ziggler, to be honest. Then we have Shinsuke Nakamura versus Shelton Benjamin. This was just kind of a match. Um, they're kind of doing a sportsman thing. Like, them being kind of 
very competitive towards each other. Not Shelton Benjamin and Shinsuke, but Shinsuke and AJ. So Shinsuke invites AJ to ringside to watch his match. And then he's like, I didn't need your help. I just invited you for outside for you to see me. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I just want to see the match. These guys don't even have to talk. They're horrible at promos, both of them. We don't, I don't even need to hear him talk. I just want to see the match. I just want to see the match at WrestleMania. This is going to be a rematch from Wrestle Kingdom. But this is going to be a WrestleMania match now at WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, which I believe should be the main event. I don't think it's going to be, but whatever. And then, let's see. We had NXT right now. And we have the Dusty Roads. Uh, we have the Dusty Roads Classic right now. Going on. Let's see if that was the first thing that happened. Now, the first thing we had that happened, we had uh, Tomasa Ciampa and Johnny Gargano will have an unsanctioned match at NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Because Gargano's been stalking... Champa because of what Champa did to him. EC3 came out during the announcement that the NXT North American title will be introduced at Takeover New Orleans. So they're going to introduce a new title into NXT. Interesting, interesting. I hope they don't extend the time. But this new title, I I like the new, I like new titles. Whatever. A lot of people don't want it, but I, I'll take it. Authors of Pain take on the Street Profits in the Dusty Rhodes semifinals match. So in the Dusty Rhodes Classic, we had the Street Profits taking on Heavy Machinery. They advanced. Then we had TM61 versus the Authors of Pain. Authors of Pain advanced so that we had them versus each other in semifinals. Authors of Pain advanced into the finals. And then we had, uh, let's see, Lars Sullivan versus John Silver. Lars Sullivan... Wants Keen De- or Dean Killian from Sanity at NXT TakeOver. We're going to get that badass match. Andre Andrade Cien Almas attacks Aleister Black. We're going to have a championship match at TakeOver between these two. It's going to be an inter- it's going to be an awesome match. I like I love Andrade Cien Almas. I'm glad to see that he's out of hot water. I believe he was in hot water when he first entered NXT. They seem to have favored him now by giving him this opportunity by being the NXT champion. He's playing a great heel and he has a great valet, a great mouthpiece, a great manager. And um if Aleister Black loses, he's moving up to main roster. If Andrade loses, he's moving up to main roster. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Interesting. I think um I think Alistair Black wins. I think Andrade Sina, I think Andrade moves up. We'll see what happens, but that's interesting. And then Roderick Strong and Pete Dunn are a tag team in the Dusty Rhodes tag team tournament. In their first matchup they took on on Oni Larkin and uh, Danny Birch. They beat them to advance into the semifinals. Where they took on Sanity. Who advanced against Tino 
Sabaratelli and Riddick Moss. So we had Sanity versus Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. And in a surprising turn of events, we have Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne advancing into the semifinals or into the finals against the Authors of Pain. Authors of Pain, two-time visitors into the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. It's going to be an interesting match. I think Authors of Pain win, ultimately moving up into the... Main roster. Just because this isn't for the championships. Tag Team Champions are the Undisputed. Fisher and... Fuck, I forget the other guy's name. Whatever. But, that's the end of the NXT matches for the day. And then we had... William Regal reveal the last entry and it is ricochet into the north american ladder match for the new championship so that's going to be an awesome match at takeover you're not going to want to miss takeover all the takeovers are awesome they outdo themselves somehow i don't know how they do it but they do all right thanks a lot everyone for listening um Please subscribe on YouTube, on iTunes, on everything, on anything and everything you can. Leave a five-star rating, leave a like, leave a comment, leave a review. It's much appreciated. It really helps out the show. It helps in the iTunes rankings and yada, yada, yada. I say it all the time, but please, if you guys can, do that for me. I'll love you guys even more. Um, I'm excited for Bellator. I got my tickets. Shoutouts to the rewrites. They're doing a show on the 7th, I believe. or the Yeah, I think it's the 7th. April 7th. I think it's the day before the, the UFC pay-per-view. Check out the rewrites on Facebook, iTunes, all that cool stuff. But uh, subscribe to Full Heel Podcast for all your wrestling reviews, all your fight reviews, and um, fight companions, all that cool stuff. Check me out on Average Joe's MMA show. I am co-host with Jeff Shanahan on there. We talk mixed martial arts. We get high as shit. We do all that cool stuff. But, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for joining me. I'm Rafael Chaidez, the host of the Full Hill Podcast. I'll catch you guys next time. Peace out, bitches. I feel fucking stupid.